Amen. Well, we're going to be in the book of Luke. If you want to find your place, we'll stand in just a minute. Luke in chapter number two here in just a few minutes. Uh, but I, I want to thank God tonight that the cantata uh, not only took us to the time when Jesus was born, but all the way to when he gave his life at Calvary and that he rose again from the dead and that he's coming again. Hey, that's, that's our hope as believers. And we're glad to get to share that with each and every one here tonight. And uh, as I mentioned, our theme has been stand in awe of him. And I, I really just believe with Aaron and Brother Kevin and all the others involved that that God just allowed that cantata kind of capture a whole year in one, one moment. So that's tremendous. And uh, I don't know if you caught even some of the extra work on the part of in the deaf ministry and all those involved. I, uh, I was mainly focused up here, but I know a lot of extra work also went in here and that's very appropriate. And I thank God uh, for that as well. And, and I, I don't know, I just found myself uh, several times hardly being able to take it all in. Anybody else with me? Look forward to going back and watching it a few times. Brother Daniel was sitting there beside me. I almost, you know, they held basketball players whenever, you, whenever they see somebody make a great shot. Or, you know what I'm talking about? I, I felt like doing that every now and then, Brother Daniel. You wouldn't know what was coming your way, though, so I didn't do that. But, man, it was just uh, so powerful. And uh, I thank God for it. Let's take our Bibles now. Look at Luke chapter number 2, if you would, please. Let's say it in honor of God's Word once again, if you would. Luke chapter number 2. And it's not my intent to be very lengthy here tonight, but just rather to be clear and uh, to try to present the gospel. It's a great honor to get to do this. And, and if you've heard the gospel several times, I hope you never grow weary of hearing how your Savior came uh, to save you. But if you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can. You can go home tonight knowing 100% for sure, because the Bible says that you can. These things are written that you may know, that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and that you may know that you have eternal life. And that's definitely our prayer. So in Luke chapter number two, in light of the theme, I'm calling the message tonight, the wonder and awe of him. And let's just pick up the reading in verse number eight. It says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, fear not for that, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people, to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly... There is with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said uh, one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. Notice verse number 18, if you would please, in particular, it says, and all they that heard it, what does it say? Wondered. All they that heard it wondered, they wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. 
But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. The wonder and awe of him. Could I preach about that here for just a little bit? The wonder and awe of him. May God bless the reading of his, his word as you're seated. We'll get right to it here tonight. <clears throat> the word uh, wonder uh, means to marvel, to admire, uh, to be amazed, to be amazed, to stand in awe. I mean, that's our, that's our theme, to stand in awe. You know, we, um, we tend to be amazed and admire a lot of things that are much lesser things. Now I'm amazed. I'm amazed at many different things. Um, sometimes we're driving down the road and I'll say to the, the boys in particular, now Angie maybe enjoys this as well. My wife maybe enjoys it, but I know the boys do. I say, Hey, Corvette. And man, they're looking around and oh man, look at that. You know, and man, we're, we're kind of in awe of it, right? It might be a catch, you know, uh, that a, a receiver makes or a baseball player makes, you know, and you stand in awe of that. It could be a cake. We're getting towards spiritual things here, right? So <laughs> could be here <laughs> just recently, you know, with Thanksgiving time, man, you're in awe. I mean, it was just one of those moments, man, that, that is awesome. We kind of throw that word around, don't we? Awesome. Amazing. Um, and, and even about creation, I, I thank God. I, I just came from a couple weeks ago from Colorado and enjoy the mountains, but I enjoy the plains too, right here in Oklahoma, you know, and seeing the vast plains and such. And I stand in awe of creation, but, but listen, folks, what we really need to do is stand in awe of our creator, our creator. And so many times, even within uh, the gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, you have the Old Testament, then you have the New Testament. And the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, 46 times in the New Testament total, the word um, wonder is used. The word that we had in verse number 18, the word wonder is used 46 times. But listen to this, 33 of those times, it's used in the first four books of the gospels. Primarily about how that they stood in wonder and awe of Jesus. They stood in awe of him. There, there are so many times they did not know what to say. And they just stood in wonder and awe of him. Uh, listen to this. In Isaiah chapter 9, in verse number 6, the Bible tells us, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. His name, talking about Jesus, his name shall be called Wonderful. Well, here those, those shepherds were, right? Uh, a, a group of us from here and others got to go to Israel this year. It was a real blessing. And uh, we were in Bethlehem. It was a rare opportunity to get to go to Bethlehem. And uh, while we were there on the hillsides, there in that Judean hillsides, there were sheep dotting the hillside and shepherds. Shepherds. Young men with cell phones. <laughs> Keeping watch over the flock by night, right? It was hilarious watching these young guys. I hope they were paying attention like they were supposed to, but there they were. I mean, still to this day, shepherds in Bethlehem. Bethlehem is just about 
six miles, six to seven miles, uh, just outside of Jerusalem. And at this time, it's most likely that even Bethlehem was used then uh, as the place where they would raise the, the lambs, the sheep that would be used, listen to this, in sacrifice in the temple and there around the temple. Uh, and, but that night, as our Savior was born, and I'm reminded right here of the words of John the Baptist who said, Behold the Lamb of God. I believe it's very fitting that the Lamb of God, talking about Jesus, was born in Bethlehem. The place where they raised uh, sheep and lambs that were for sacrifice because the connection there, I, I, I trust many of you would connect, but, but see, the Bible tells us that, all of, that we've all sinned. We've all broken God's commandments. We've all offended a holy and a righteous God, and yet he still loves us. You know, that right there is where, why we ought to stop and just stand and wonder and awe, that even though we've sinned, he still loves us. You know, you've broken God's commandments. Come on, let's just be honest tonight. We've all broken God's commandments. We've done what he's told us not to, and we haven't done what he's told us to. We've broken God's commandments. We've come up short. We've come up short. You know, other people may not know that you've sinned, but God knows. Uh, my mom's visiting here from Kentucky, uh, right here towards the middle and thankful. Yep, there she is. <laughs> I was reminded today of uh, when I was a little guy, maybe uh, five years old. I've told this story here before, but uh, we were taking her family picture. And, um, and so um, I had an ugly, I mean an ugly ring that had like an orange gem in it. It was just ugly. Three syllables, ugly. I mean, it's bad. And mom told me, don't you wear that ring in our family picture. Now, why in the world would I want to anyways, but I was five or six years old, somewhere right in there. So I, I, I agreed that I would not. But at about the time that she said, cheese, I slipped my ring on. <laughs> Stood there <laughs> with that ring. And then once the picture was taken, I took the ring back off. And nobody knew. This is, this is back in the day when you had to have pictures developed. <laughs> Developing pictures, young people, it's like, you know, I don't... <laughs> Typically, you, you take the picture, you see the screen. But it would take weeks. But be sure your sin <laughs> will find you out. And hanging in the Gaddis hallway is that breaking of the commandments. Are you following what I'm saying? Hey, you may, you may hide your sin from others. You may hide your sin from your parents. You may hide your sin from your spouse. You may hide your sin from your friends. But friend, listen, you'll never hide your sin from a holy and a righteous God. And yet I want to hasten to tell you, he still loves you. God committed his love toward us in that while, listen, while we were yet sinners, Christ, the holy, sinless Lamb of God died for us. The angels, uh, the angel appeared to those shepherds and the, the Bible says that the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. I, I'm telling you, they stood in wonder and awe that night. And then the, the sky was, was lit up with all those angelic beings and they said, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace. And that, that wasn't, the, the emphasis was not peace between men, but it was this, God was offering you and me peace. Goodwill towards men, not man's goodwill towards one another. No, it's God's goodwill towards us 
even as sinners. And that's why we ought to stand in awe that God would, would so lovingly uh, save us and care for us and send the Messiah to Bethlehem of all places, a small town. A small town, even then it was a small town. Hey, I'm reminded tonight that God, that God cares about all people and that there's no significant, insignificant places and no insignificant people. You may not feel very important in this world, but let me tell you something tonight. You're important to God and he knows your name and he cares about you. And there's no one here that's insignificant to our great God. You know, we kind of think about big metropolitan cities and powerful locations like that. But our Savior was born in a place called Bethlehem, where, by the way, David was born. David the shepherd. Somebody said about a significant town, they said, uh, hey, was any famous people born here? The answer came back, no, just babies. That's all. Hey, listen, uh, there born amongst all those little ones was the one that would die in your place, in my place. And they stood in wonder and, and the angels told them that, uh, that they would find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and they went and then they went everywhere telling them what, what they had seen. But I, I want to tell you this, that wasn't the last time that they stood in awe of Jesus. You see, after eight days, they took him into the temple and as... Um, as, as the, some of the King's trio sang, I may be getting songs kind of mixed up, but, but as Simeon was, was there and he, all his life he'd waited for the Messiah and he saw him with his own eyes and he stood in awe. And the Bible says there in, in, uh, in the book of Luke in chapter two, you don't have to turn to these verses, but I just want you to know that the awe and the wonder didn't cease in Bethlehem. It continued as they went to the temple and, and Mary and Joseph marveled. The word is marveled. They marveled at those things that were said about Jesus. Later, Jesus was 12 years old and he's in the temple and his parents, they got separated during the Passover time. And, and uh, maybe, maybe some of you have um, uh, drove home without your kids after church and you thought your wife took them and, and, uh, and you thought your husband took them or that one and he was asleep on the pew. You left your kid behind. <laughs> Perhaps you've done that. Well, Mary and Joseph left Jesus behind and they went back after three days <laughs> and they found him in the temple. But here's where they found him. He's interacting with the doctors. He's inter interacting with the, with the ones that know the Old Testament, the scribes, the, the ones that are the scholars of the day. And, and they, the scholars were amazed at him. They wondered, the Bible says that they wondered at, at him. They were astonished at his understandings and his, and his answers. And then in Nazareth, as Jesus as a, as a, as a man was there in his hometown in Nazareth, and uh, we got to be there as well. And in one of the synagogues and he, the, the scroll was delivered to Jesus and he read from Isaiah 61 and verse one and two. And those things were fulfilled in their eyes. And the Bible says that they sat, that he sat down, but here's what it says. All eyes were fixed on him and they wondered. It, it says they wondered in amazement at those things that he had said and the gracious words that came from him. I, I must hasten here to say that as he cast out demonic beings, spirits from, from people, they stood in amazement and wondered at Jesus as Peter had had an unsuccessful fishing trip. Anybody here ever had one of those? Fished all night, hadn't caught a thing, and Jesus said, cast your net on the other side. And he cast his net on the other side, and it was such a great... 
a, a, a net of fish that they could hardly get it in. And he stood in amazement and wonder at the Lord Jesus as he healed the sick and as he walked on the sea and as he calmed the sea and he said this, peace be still. And there was a great calm. They said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? But then as he hung on Mount Calvary and the sun went dark, friend, for three hours from noon until three in the afternoon. And then with a loud voice, he cried, it is finished. What's finished? The work necessary for you to be saved is finished. It's done. There's nothing for you to do to add to salvation's work. No, he's already done all that needs to be done. As a songwriter so, so properly said, Jesus paid it all. He paid your sin debt. He paid mine. There's no way that we could, we could pay for our own sin and, and, and have God's favor. No, Jesus died in your place. And the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom. We've been preaching about that on Sunday mornings. And, and there was the earthquake that took place. And they stood in awe around the cross. And even the Roman soldiers that were responsible for his crucifixion said, Truly, this was the Son of God. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He only needed it for a few days, three days and three nights. And then on that Sunday morning, the women went back to the tomb and, and they found that the stone had been rolled away and they heard and found that he was not in there. And the angels told them, the angelic beings, even just like at his birth, the angelic beings announced, he is not here. He is risen. And they stood in awe. And Mary Magdalene heard a person behind her and she thought for sure it was the gardener, but it wasn't the gardener, it was Jesus himself. And, and he called her by name and said, Mary. And she stood in awe and wonder of him and said, Rabboni, which is my, te my teacher, my master. And she bowed at his feet. And then she went and told and others told Peter and James and John and all the other disciples. And they ran to the tomb. And the Bible says that Peter outran John and he looked in and and he, and he looked and he saw the grave clothes that were there neatly folded, but he was no longer there. And the Bible says that he wondered. He was trying to put all this together. How did all this, how did all this happen? Hey, listen, friend, he's alive. And he's able to save anyone here that would call upon him. I'm just trying to establish here tonight this simple truth that from his birth unto, to his crucifixion on the cross, to his resurrection, and then listen to this, to his ascension back to heaven as they stood and they were gazing up into heaven. What were they doing? They were continuing to stand in wonder and awe of him. And those, that angelic being said to them then even said, you men of Galilee, why stand you here gazing? No doubt mouths wide open. Why stand you here gazing? Listen to what he said then. This same Jesus will come again. And I'm glad to tell you tonight, it's this same Jesus who will save a poor lost sinner like you and save a lost sinner like me. And I stand in awe and I wonder that such a holy and gracious and righteous God would love us. Let me ask you this tonight. Has there been a time and a place where you understood that Jesus died 
for you and you trusted him. Personally turn to God, repenting, turning in faith to Jesus and his finished work and trusted him to be your savior. Has there been a time like that in your life? If there has been, you ought to thank God tonight. But if not, we're going to have an invitation. It's really God's invitation. As Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. You see, it's God's invitation to you to trust him as your Lord and your Savior. And if you die tonight, you can know for sure that you'd go to heaven if you trust Jesus as your Savior. Would you stand with me here tonight with every head bowed and eye closed? I'd like to ask just a couple questions. How many of you tonight could raise your hand and say, yes, I've trusted him as my Savior. I'm amazed that he would save me, but I know that he did. Would you raise your hand to that if that's you tonight? Praise the Lord. Stand in awe that God would save sinners like us. Thank you. You may put your hands down. I wonder if there's someone here tonight, though, that you couldn't raise your hand this just then in all honesty. If you die tonight, you don't know for sure that you die and go to heaven. You know that you're a sinner. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. That means separation from God. But I got good news for you. Actually, God does in his word. The gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. But if tonight you don't know for sure that if you died, that you'd go to heaven, would you raise your hand right now just where you are? We're not going to ask anybody to come to you. But if you don't know that for sure, but you're concerned about it, that's most clear in your mind. You are concerned about it tonight. I'm looking around here tonight because we're concerned about your soul because God is. And he loves you and sent his son to die in your place as your substitute. And thank God he rose again. Anybody like that? Yes, uh, right over here. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Who else? Who else tonight? If I die tonight, I don't know that for sure. I'm looking up in the balcony. There's a lot of folks here tonight. Maybe even somebody watching by live stream or even in the, in the other room. Is there someone else tonight? Well, I'll wait just a moment. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I see your hand. I appreciate that. I don't know for sure I'm saved. Who else tonight? In just a moment, we're going to sing. And I, I'd like to invite those of you that raised your hand. If you would just make your way to the closest aisle, there'll be a... a man to meet you here. And there's ladies here that have a Bible. We'd like the opportunity just to take the Bible and show you from God's word, how you can know for sure your sins are forgiven. That's your greatest need friend to have sin forgiven. And he came as the savior to save you from your sin. Father tonight, I pray that you'd help those that raise their hand. Lord, I pray that you would help them to respond and Lord help us all to be thankful for what you've done. Thank you for helping the choir to communicate. Thank you for the narration as well that communicated the truth of the gospel. I pray, dear Lord, that you would bless and help in this invitation now. In Jesus' name, amen.